Are you looking for ways to attract and retain private pay clients? Thryzer is a payment platform for therapists built to help clients automatically tap into their out-of-network benefits and save on therapy up front. Check out our special link, join.thryzer.com forward slash modern therapist, and use the code modern therapists to activate $2,500 in free payments with Thryzer. Therapy notes, the number one trusted EHR among mental health professionals just keeps getting better and better. With legendary customer support 24 hours a day, seven days a week, they're giving you all the tools you need to succeed, whether you're a solo clinician or a group practice. Try them free for two months using promo code MODERN today. You're listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide, where therapists live, breathe, and practice as human beings. To support you as a whole person and a therapist, here are your hosts, Kurt Widhelm and Katie Vernoy. Welcome back, Modern Therapists. This is the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. I'm Kurt Whithelm with Katie Vernoy, and this is the podcast for therapists about the things going on in our fields, the things that we do as therapists, the ways that we describe the sky is falling for our profession. And here, of course, we are talking about how the robot revolution is here. The All future of, is now. The future is going to continue to be more futury and more now, <laughs> even more now than we want to believe. And we are in, in maybe a first in our podcast history where we've recorded an episode and by the time that it was scheduled to come out, I don't know, like three weeks after we recorded it, pretty much everything that we had talked about in the episode was starting to be outdated. And we just got to the point where it was like, we'll throw it out to our Patreon members. They can go and listen to us, but it's immediately outdated. (laughs) And we try to be current in a lot of the things that we discuss. Sometimes we're successful at that more so than others. But right now we're talking about the National Eating Disorder Association had a helpline that people with concerns about body image issues or eating disorder issues could call in and they could talk to volunteers. And this was largely by everybody seemed to be a pretty good idea. Yes. And And they actually got a lot more calls during the pandemic. And so they were getting more crisis calls. They were they were fielding a lot of calls. And I think they had like six staff overseeing hundreds of volunteers, thousands of volunteers. Yes. Thousands of volunteers, hundreds of thousands of volunteers. I don't know. There was a lot of volunteers (laughs) and they wanted to unionize because of how hard it was to deal with the demand of of the number of calls that were coming in. Yes. But in the background, they were creating Tessa, the chatbot that was designed to be prevention. And then once the, the folks unionized, uh, they... They fired all the, the people. They, and- they announced the shutdown of the human-run calls yes. and and i believe the research that i saw was in 2022 this call line fielded 70,000 calls so oh my gosh this is a very big move of course nita denies that any of this has to do with the staff trying to unionize 
But come on. If you believe <laughs> if you believe what their PR is spitting out there about this, I've got a bridge to sell you. But <laughs> the dubiousness of all of this has some some multiple layers to this. And the development of this chatbot called Tessa was based on some research by a number of people headed up by Dr. Ellen Fitzsimmons Craft. There is an article in the International Journal of Eating Disorders from March 2022 called The Effectiveness of a Chatbot for Eating Disorders Prevention, a Randomized Clinical Trial. And this article goes on to describe that people who interact with this chatbot, as compared to waitlist participants, after three months showed less signs of eating disorders, disordered eating behavior. And I think that this also carried on to six months, if I remember correctly. There was there was some complexity there because I think the waitlist controls at six months were as good as the chatbot folks in some areas and not in others. It was, but, but I mean, we're talking about waitlist controls, not compared to folks that actually called into the hotline. And in the ever-emerging market of capitalism, why compare two things that are working when you can compare them to absolutely nothing at all and then base all of your decisions <laughs> on that? There was a second study that I saw, and it's the challenges in designing a prevention chatbot for eating disorders observational study. And Ellen Fitzsimmons-Craft is a second author there uh, behind William W. Chan. It's We'll put links to the, these articles in the show notes. But they were basically talking about all of the stuff they found wrong with Tessa and quote-unquote fixed before putting Tessa out into the world, even though this was actually advertised through Facebook and people were able to interact with this. So there was harm caused in this observational study because there were a lot of the same things, a lack of empathy and compassion. And this is something that we're, we're coming to find out. They've now shut down Tessa, the chatbot. Well, well, okay. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But, but we've already, we've already know that, that, that some of this stuff already came back around, but there's a lack of empathy and compassion, insufficient instructions, unable to provide clarifications, ignoring questions, reinforcing potentially harmful behavior, and inappropriate positive responses. And so I'll let you talk about that it got shut down basically for these same things that they had said that they had fixed in this observational study. Kind of putting the timeline more together here, the staff members at NIDA had voted to unionize, and before this was to all go into effect, four days after the vote to unionize in May of 2023, four days later, the head of NIDA announced that the entire call to volunteers hotline was going to be closed as of June 1st, and entirely replaced by Tessa. So we have dubious research. We have dealing with people trying to unionize. We have this perfect storm of things that's going to happen. Now, we're recording this on June 1st. This is the day that the human-operated volunteer hotline is supposed to be completely gone. It is gone. There, There is no more of that. They followed There's through on that There's nothing on the website, yeah. They were supposed to fully have Tessa being replaced, but on May 31st, yesterday, several news articles came out about how Tessa is giving bad advice that leads 
many people who are prone to eating disorders to have risk factors and vulnerabilities to developing eating disorders. I read that they actually had that Tessa actually gave dieting advice on yes. losing one to two pounds a week and how like five to five hundred to a thousand calorie deficit and and was talking about how healthy weight loss and healthy body image can go together stuff that was completely against the original uh, CBT student bodies curriculum that had been transformed from like a digital webinar kind of thing to conversations and they first said that people were lying that this wasn't happening but then screenshots came in you know yes. cats and dogs playing together whatever it is but it was like there was there was a lot of stuff that came in that said no 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 tess has gone off the rails and and when i was reading it before it's like pre-scripted there shouldn't have been anything like this in there so so tessa is now part of the borg like tessa is actually became sentient it seems <laughs> and decided that we all needed to go on a diet to add a little bit to this, that now Nita is blaming the users for lying, which, I mean, Nita is giving a master class on how to just be a horrible organization. I mean, earlier this year, they didn't come out against weight loss recommendations for children. They've dubiously fired people for unionizing. Now they're championing a chatbot that is, has gone rogue. It's gone has, rogue. I mean, maybe. <laughs> Maybe their business plan is if we fix eating disorders, then there's no National Eating Disorder Association. <laughs> it's in their best interest for you to continue to have an eating disorder. Right. <laughs> that is pretty bad. <laughs> I don't know. Ask, ask, ask them. Yes. <laughs> it feels but, kind of true. There was a movie, I don't know, this is probably 15 years ago or so called Thank You for Smoking. Uh, oh, and yes. the PR guy, I remember in there is like, we want you know, a lot of people who are lifelong smokers to, you know, we don't want to kill people. Uh, <laughs> feels reminiscent of that. But Nita's decision is to pull the chat bot after giving this bad advice. And it, for investigation is what for I mean. investigation. Investigating it. Yes. And at least as the time of recording, if you go to the Nita webpage uh, that links to their blog about the Tessa chatbot, it just has a, a few words there that say you are not authorized to access this page. So And then I tried to access the Tessa chatbot on its own page, like the AI page, 404 not found. <laughs> Thryzer is a payment platform designed for out-of-network therapy. As a therapist, you would use Thryzer to charge clients for sessions and collect your full rate upfront. From the client's perspective, Thryzer links to their health plan, so insurance claims are automatically submitted for them upon every charge. From there, Thryzer manages the claims end-to-end -end so that your clients don't have to worry about manually submitting super bills or getting on calls with insurance. The best part? Thryzer allows clients to only pay their co-insurance portion for sessions, while Thryzer covers the rest of your fee and waits for reimbursement on their behalf. They also offer you an instant benefits calculator for free, allowing you to provide upfront transparency to prospective clients on their out-of-network coverage. Therapists only pay a standard 3% credit card processing fee per session with no additional fees. 
Visit join.thrizer.com forward slash modern therapist to get started and use our promo code modern therapists to receive $2,500 in waived fees for your sessions. This seems to be anybody who knows anything about how therapists actually work to be a very predictable thing that was going to happen. You know, we we saw it coming. We did. <laughs> Mistakes are going to be made. This isn't, you know, going to be great from the beginning. There's a human element that does need to be in here. The research as compared to wait lists, you know, it's better than absolutely nothing, but nothing has really been compared to the actual humans doing this work. So to make sure that we, we've finished this timeline, decided to move to a chatbot, fired all the human people, chatbot goes rogue, they take down the chatbot. So as of June 1st, there is nothing. There is nothing. For folks, there is not the, a hotline the, and there's not a chatbot. Neither of those things are available. And potentially by the time we actually publish this, maybe they will have the chatbot back up, which will be very interesting to see. Right. <laughs> but right now, they, they've chosen to give nothing. So refer to an episode that's coming up on defensive practices. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is just a, a phenomenal story unfolding, but I don't think that we are anywhere close to being out of the woods in therapists are much better than AI. I think that no. this is only the beginning of what is going to transform our field. It's transforming many other fields. This is where, all right, this is just being taken offline for now. It's We've only just begun. It's going to be fixed. It's going to be better. It's going to make a new round of mistakes. Yes. It's going to then get better from that. And it's not like we can rely on many positions within our fields to be like, only humans can do this. The interactions of a lot of the AI stuff right now is, it's getting better. It is something that we see a lot of people talking about, oh, it's replacing this aspect of my practice. And we're like, eh, maybe you shouldn't rely on it for, you know, how to best prepare chicken tartare because it's just <laughs> taking words and putting it out there. But I think, I think what you're saying is the capability of AI at this point is limited. There are, are, are things that it doesn't do as well as a human, right. but that is for very, this is a very short period of time. Very and, short period of time. And the more that humans are interacting with, whether it's a Tessa chatbot that's specific to eating disorders or chat GPT, the more that it's going to get better and better. And it's going to take all the feedback and all of the information that it that is all the data that's being processed and get better and better. And it's going to be designed. Mm -hmm. But it's not that we people aren't waiting to use AI as their therapist. I mean, you know, there's apps that had been created before, like Wobot and different things like that. But I'm sure you saw this. I saw this. There were there are instructions on the prompts that you give to ChatGPT to have a CBT therapist. And ChatGPT will come in and say, as your th CBT therapist, blah, 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 and, and interacts. I did try it out. We can talk about that in a minute. But 
but people are already replacing us and with I think prompts a, to chat GPT. <laughs> and I think a lot of manualized evidence-based practices are very prime for just being plugged into some sort of AI yeah. system and can respond and will respond probably a lot faster than a lot of humans are available on demand. Sure. And I think that this is already as evidenced by things like Tessa to going to be changing our field and very, very rapidly, especially in one-on-one -on -one services based on EPPs. If we look specifically, I, I, I want to look specifically at Tessa just for another couple of minutes, because I think that there's the roadmap that we're facing. Yes, Tessa, there was a Tessa fail, but it was, it put a full evidence-based practice into a chat bot with the way to detect which part of the conversation to have. And it, it could jump between conversations and it was going through different topics. And so if you said this keyword, it would trigger this information. And some of it was suggestions, you know, potentially writing prompts. It could be an infographic. It could be general statements. Some of it was a little bit more conversational. Some of it was longer content that somebody would ha have to dig into to respond to a little bit more. But if we look at some of the evidence-based practices that are very, very manualized, not the stuff that requires a little bit more nuance or whatever, but the stuff that's very manualized where it's activity-based, where there's specific guidance, the things that are very, very structured, it is not hard to, to put in and iterate how you, how you do those programs. Because, you know, you put in everything that the therapists that, you know, the, the creators, the therapists, the people that are thinking, let's put in everything, every possible, you know, kind of let's create all the decision trees so that we can respond to those things. Then we have real people test it and get real feedback and we keep iterating. So when somebody says something, the AI is able to decode it and has a one of many responses that they can provide that are appropriate. It's just a matter of time. I think that this is what a lot of people don't appreciate. And this is not positive appreciation. I think this is what a lot of people don't appreciate about what the stages of AI are, are happening next. AI, as intended by Tessa, is designed around singular sorts of things. It's not supposed to be into this expansive kind of idea and generalized idea. And I think that that's the part of the conversation that we're missing as far as how it interacts within our field and why some of us might not be able to quite put our finger on what is it, what is that human element that we're looking for? And the ways that things like chatbots and this kind of stuff go from being singular issue sorts of things into expansive issue things is being able to pull from the data sets of information that they're able to pull from. And so what that means is inexpansive language sorts of things, particularly around things like eating disorders. The risk of making Tessa better, if it's already adopting language around dieting and best practices of this kind of stuff, is once it becomes expansive, starts getting into identifying pro-anorexia language and being mm. able to detect that. Now, the the dominoes of that is once you start getting into pro-anorexia discussions, ends up then pulling from other pro-anorexia discussions. And what it 
responds back with to people putting in, hey, I have concerns about, you know, wanting to be, you know, very skinny and body image and this kind of stuff. Have you tried X, Y, and Z that comes from these pro-ana data sets? So well, I think I think that's kind of it's running away with something unchecked, but, right? That's that's sure. lack of regulation. Who's and regulating? Oversight. Who's who's regulating this stuff right now, though? Nobody. That, uh, no, I I I think that I want to talk about which which thing that you're concerned about right now, because there's the concerns of how harmful it can be, and there are the concerns with it's going to take at least some of our jobs, right? And so if we're so, looking at the harmfulness, yeah, if it's if if the the data sets that they're able to access or or the the way that the if the data sets are not cleaned, if they're not if they're not appropriately regulated or or assessed or monitored yeah it's going to run away with stuff i mean we there was the twitter bot that became a huge racist right. right like i think that that humans interacting with these data sets or interacting with these ai and adding to the data set with their you know i'll call it disordered thinking disordered language and that being taken in and accepted as part of the data set is this is all it's it's all it's all equal. It's all neutral. It's and it's not evaluated. Yeah, I, I have huge concerns. I mean, my assumption is that's where the the pro diet language came from with Tessa is that people were interacting with it more and the language was somehow adopted. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, my assumption is that it's, it's theoretically a learning chatbot, but they said it wasn't. So it really could have been somebody hacked it. You know, who knows? I mean, like, there's a lot of things where when we're working with this stuff, there's ways that harm can flow in. Right. And so people are not appreciating the harm. That's That was the point that it, you're making. Yes. And places like Nita not appreciating the harm. Not appreciating. Yes. yes. People putting, who are actually putting this stuff out too early. Putting the stuff out too early. Putting the stuff out there to, air quotes, be helpful. Yes. This is stuff that will get fixed in time. And this is not like where we can sit back as as a profession right now and be like, see how bad AI is for what it is that we do. Yeah. We are not celebrating that this failed. We are taking it as this is one of the steps along the way to it actually being something that is yeah. better. And what that means for therapists is that a lot of the jobs that we have relied on, a lot of the experiences that make us better candidates to working in, in certain places, more of this revolution is coming. This is just the first one that's publicly out there and hilariously and, and spectacularly failing at many of yeah. the steps along the way. Yeah, But this is where the the echoes of this i don't know are really being appreciated yet by the other you know therapist associations in ways that are like what does this mean for our actual workforce what does this mean for you as the individual therapist katie and i've been talking for like three years of like here or more we've been talking for several years uh, or more about ways that you can go against some of the tech stuff and make your practice viable and these kinds of things. But we're potentially on the horizon of there is just certain aspects that are of our field that are just totally going to get replaced by AI. And 
while that might be helpful for singular issues, what does that mean for the cost of your investment in education, being trained, getting to being a therapist? That's really more where I would encourage modern therapists to take actions in making yourself more AI-proof than it is just kind of tech-proof. Not only does Therapy Notes combine billing, scheduling, notes, secure messaging, group telehealth, and more into one streamlined platform, they're also always adding new features and forms to their library. So no matter your specialty, Therapy Notes has you covered. Learn more at therapynotes.com and use promo code MODERN for two months free. Well, before we get into that, I just want to talk about that that concern a bit more because to me... I did try out some of the the recommended prompts with ChatGPT and I I didn't find it horrible and it did continually refer me back to a human therapist or a crisis hotline. I tried to put in all of the stuff from our <laughs> suicide CE episode around you know all of the warning signs and it did recommend that I call a crisis hotline or emergency services. So it did somewhat identify it, but it wasn't a therapist yet, but it was a tool. There was there was writing prompts. It was you know potentially good journaling. It had some general ideas around coping strategies, and it did refer me to a therapist or to different kind of community resources, that kind of stuff. So it wasn't horrible. Certainly, I didn't go too far because <laughs> I didn't have the time or the inclination to basically have like a black mark on my my uh, Chat GPT profile. But there's that element of there are things about it that are useful. And as it gets more and more developed, I think it could be a very, very useful tool in mental health prevention and potentially adjunctive services to therapists. Yeah. And because I, I, I can see how with the appropriate safeguards, the appropriate oversight, development research, all of those things, getting to a, a chat bot or other type of AI interactive s- situation that will allow for some of what we do to be appropriately handled by AI. I yeah. mean, I, I even thought about, you know, like, okay, I was able to go in and, and teach it how to learn how to write like me. It certainly started taking in the things that I had. I, I asked it about a specific book that I love to recommend and say, hey, write a blog post in my style, uh, summarizing this book. You know, there were some positive things. And, and I have a meditation teacher that has a whole AI chatbot, well, actually video craziness it's a little bit creepy to watch that is going to help her with creating meditations so i could see where if my clients were able to go to and what would katie say or ask katie chatbot that could be an adjunct for me because then maybe it's you know for lower level coaching calls so to speak a chatbot could handle some of that stuff with appropriate overs. And I'm not suggesting that this happened right away, but it's something where if we don't get into the innovation of it and we don't get ahead of it, and then also advocate for the safeguards that need to be in place, I think we, we get overtaken. And that's not even talking about what you were starting to talk about, which is how we become better therapists than a chatbot. I agree. And I think that a lot of the, Lower level predictive sort of stuff is going to be, for some people, more accessible. It's going to face many of the 
market things that are, hey, after watching this ad, that you can get your help on your suicidality. Uh, I mean, because where, where's the end of this for the companies that are making this? It, it's got to be about getting money at some point. But sure. the look at where we're going as professionals within mental health work, Katie and I have always come back to the point of it's about the humanity, about the relationships that you yeah. make with people and this kind of stuff that is not going to be really faked by here's a bunch of words that are popping up on the screen and saying the right things that come out of the the data sets of the evidence-based practices sorts of things but if a lot of the psychoeducation work that we do can be replaced and automated in the way that you're describing here what does that leave for us to do what are the things that ai is not going to be able to do and I think a lot of that comes down to what are the things in our field that really rely on humans to be able to fix and interact with? You know, if a lot of CBT can be spit out for, oh, here's enough journal prompts that can make it to where I'm able to get to the cause of why I'm in a depressive episode right now, or here's enough prompts about here's steps that I can do for myself about exposure and response prevention that is very manualized. And it gives at least some passing, here's my limits as a learning language model that ends up, you should go to a professional right now. That, you know, when you get those clients as a professional, they're like, yeah, I've already tried X, Y, and Z. Like, I'm actually looking for more than what the computer spit out at me. But just brainstorming here, what are the things that you think are really safe from being replaced by chatbots in our field? What are the things that require the human interventions? This will be outdated in five years, 50 years, I don't know. But for now, compassion and humanity is a big part. There's the things that Potentially, I could say even the art of therapy, but I look at all of the the art AI that is recreating the art from other folks. And so I feel a little bit uh, pessimistic about what's actually protected. For me, what I want to believe is that there is a special element of me that is going to be what my clients need. The, so the, so the just literally just minutes after you're talking about training AI in its current form to be you. Sure. No, to, to be able to give the advice that I would normally give. And, and I've obviously therapist advice, whatever. We can talk about that later. But being able to ask some of the questions that I might ask, the, the structured conversations that I could have. But it, it's not going to know the therapist. It's not going to know the client. It's not going to have the relationship that I have with the client, but it might be able to give them some writing prompts or some questions that gets them through to the next session, right? I think it's that that element of connection that I feel like is what we have. And and the the nuanced work that's not as easy to put into the the algorithms, the the decision trees that that happen. I mean, a decision tree. A decision tree is going to be replaced. It, it, that is, that's the kind of stuff that AI is primed to take over. 
No, I mean the decision tree on in the back end of do I give intervention A or intervention B as my response? I'm talking about the the, the background of the AI. Like there's some of those things where we take intuitive leaps. Uh, for example, I do Wordle every most every day. Mm-hmm. And I have a New York Times subscription. So there's also a Wordle bot that assesses how well I did. Okay. And it assesses both the the skill and the luck of 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 each answer and it it has a lot of data but it's always interesting because when i guess correctly and i'm i get way faster than wordlebot did they are always calling it luck oh of course and there, it's not about the 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 little bits and pieces of information that are hard to quantify and and even elucidate to say, this is why I chose, you know, I can't think of the words, but I've chose this word versus this word, right? And so to me, I think there's that, that element of how human brains actually work that I think is different and would be hard for AI to recreate soon. But I could be wrong. I'm not, this is not my area of expertise. So I don't know how well AI is going to be able to make those intuitive leaps. I think it's coming faster than that. I think that there's certain populations of clients that are going to not be able to have AI make the kinds of leaps that we do. I think some of the intuitive stuff that you're talking about, the the AI is going to be able to do a lot of that kind of stuff. Well, especially might, if they're watching all our sessions. Exactly. And- <laughs> I'm thinking the kinds of things that are really going to end up needing therapists Mm -hmm. are ones that some of that intuitive stuff poses more risk, poses things that computers can't do. For example, suicidality. For example, trauma work. For example marital or family type work you know a computer is not going to come out and block somebody from talking over somebody else you're not going to see that kind of stuff this is the kinds of things that do require at least in this imaginable scenario a human to actually be the cause of intervention there i think with enough data set some of the intuitive things that you're talking about i don't think we're relatively speaking, that far off from some of the artificial intelligence being able to do some of that stuff. Yeah, I think the the things that make us us, the things that make us human, I think it's hard to describe it. But you're right. I think with enough data, people, you know, AI can get close enough to what a person can do. And and just to to kind of talk about what they're already saying are the arguments for using AI. Safe space, there's no judgment, there's not a human interacting. So some, I think some folks will prefer at least initially to talk to an AI or a chatbot. There's, it can be used as an interactive screening tool. It can be interactive psychoeducation, which is what Tessa is. And it can be, it can start as a, a adjunctive tool that is watching mm-hmm. <laughs> and becoming more and more entrenched in whatever their specialty, so to speak, is. But 
But I, I don't know. I think the call to action is really twofold. One is learn the technology and figure out where it belongs in the world. And the second part is advocate for safeguards and potentially prevention of, of having these things become TESA and come into a space and be used before they're really ready. Because I think not only is the harm there to actual potential clients or, or co the consumers of TESA, the harm is also in all of that data and how much was learned in this failed experiment, which will push TESA forward much more quickly and have TESA more ready to take over for human people very, very soon. We'd love to hear your thoughts on what is presumed to be a yet again already outdated episode. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know what you think. Follow us on our social media. Join our Facebook group, the Modern Therapist Group. Pre put in to whatever your AI thing of choice is, what you imagine our arguments will be, and post that link <laughs> up on our and our stuff. And we'll have our AI talk with your AI. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll put everything in our show notes over at mtsgpodcast.com. Yeah. And if you want to continue to support us, please consider supporting us on Patreon or buy me a coffee. And until next time, I'm Kurt Widhelm with Katie Bernoy. Remember to check out Thryzer. They are passionate about making out-of-network therapy work for everyone. Clients save upfront on therapy while therapists earn their full rate. Get started in minutes on join.thrizer.com forward slash modern therapist and use the promo code modern therapists and receive $2,500 in waived fees for your sessions. Thanks so much to our partner, Therapy Notes, the highest rated practice management solution for behavioral health. Don't forget, using promo code modern gets you two free months. Thank you for listening to the Modern Therapist Survival Guide. Learn more about who we are and what we do at mtsgpodcast.com. You can also join us on Facebook and Twitter. And please don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of our episodes. 